Um, sadly, it's the last week of uh, interviews on the couch, but we have some special guests. So, Nicola and Dave, do you want to come and join me on the couch today? Um, fantastic. Yes, give them a hand as they come down. Now, I, I, can I tell a story about last week? Just briefly, because... Okay, good, good, good. Because it, it was really funny because uh, one of these... This time has not been a let's plan out months ahead. This is about where God's been kind of leading and who's, who God's been placing on my heart to kind of have a bit of a chat to each week. And and last week I was just kind of going, thinking, oh, now, who should, we, who should I talk with? And and Nicole and Dave's name came to mind. And, and funnily, during couch time last week, what was it, Nicola? Um, Nicola was just kind of going, oh, I had a feeling he was going to come and ask me today. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, Nicola and Dave, thanks for joining us on the couch and just kind of getting to know, but kind of seeing how God is working in our lives in the everyday uh, kind of lives that we have. Um, so Nicola and Dave, do you just want to kind of introduce uh, yourself to the church? Uh, because some people may know you, some people may not. Um, so please. Okay, so I'm, I'm Nicola, obviously, married to David um, for a very long time. 30, 37 years next month. Fa oh, fantastic. I know, we're very old. Very old. Um, we have two children, two, um, two married children. Our daughter and son-in-law live in the inner west and our son and daughter-in-law live in Canberra. And I am the Director of Human Resources at Oxford Falls Grammar. Oh, fantastic. So, yes, we are married, so that's good. Um, so, I guess uh, sharing a little bit about myself. Um, I grew up in uh, Cowra, which is out in central west of New South Wales. And uh, despite the fact that I grew up all my uh, childhood in Cowra, and Nicola's definitely a uh, Insula Peninsula girl, having never left in terms of living uh, the peninsula, we actually met each other, as it turns out, when we were about four and a half or five, okay. because Nicola's uncle was the minister at the local Methodist church in Cowra, where I was uh, attending with family. So... Not sure it was love at first sight, <laughs> but it might have been. I just can't remember. <laughs> and uh, later on, uh, when I came down to go to university and uh, start my engineering uh, career, I ended up staying with my aunt and uncle in Manly for a year, and they worshipped the same church as Nicola's family. So uh, we renewed our acquaintance. Okay, excellent. So um, think about like last year, um, or maybe the year before, Just, but... Uh, can you look back on last year and just kind of share with us where God might have been working within your lives? So I think last year, um, one of the things God was teaching me and reinforcing in me is to persevere in prayer and to wait on his timing. So one of the big joys we had last year was that our daughter um, married her long-term partner. They've been together about eight, nearly eight years when they got married. Um, and he wasn't a Christian, which... Obviously, for us, was not the plan that we would have had for her. Um, and I was praying right from the beginning of their relationship that he'd come to faith. He'd go to church, but it wasn't. It was a head. It wasn't a head thing. It was just he just went along and, and he did um, alpha and so forth. But then during COVID, they started worshiping online at a church, and they're now settled in that church. And then in um, May last year, before they got engaged the previous year, in May last year. He, um, he came to faith. He became a Christian and we were um, blessed to go to his confirmation. So when they oh, golly. so when they got married, it was a beautiful service. It was a beautiful Christian service. They acknowledged God had brought them together and they were married in the eyes of God. So that was 
yeah, and so to persevere in prayer because I've been praying for that for a really long time and I thought this is this is must be in God's will that he would come to faith and he did. Fantastic. Excellent. Put you, look, that's so great. That's so great. I, I love how God is, works in people's lives and, and, and like that whole thing that God had been working there um, even in that relationship and coming to faith. Fantastic. Amazing. So Sorry, Dave. Um, so I guess the, uh, the last two years for Nicola and I has been uh, – a lot about change because we'd spent uh, 27 years living up at Belrose. Uh, it was the family home. We had a large family home up there. But the time had come for us to consider downsizing. So we downsized to Mona Vale, now live in an apartment. And that uh, obviously a big change for us. But it was also brought about a change of church for us, which has, uh, I think, been a real positive and a blessing so I think as I reflect on the last year or two, it's been about settling into our new environment in terms of the apartment, forming connections there, and uh, very importantly, uh, forming new connections here in the church and uh, really being uh, helped by some of the, uh, the services, some of the messaging that uh, occurred during that time. And uh, yeah, I feel like uh, that was the challenge for the last uh, period, not only forming uh, new connections here at the church and understanding how we might uh, serve uh, here in this community, but also in our new uh, set of apartments. We've got some lovely uh, neighbours and we're getting to know them and uh, finding some ways that we can serve in that small community as well. Fantastic. Any move um, is, a, is a, you know, big upheaval and just like seeing where God works within all of the midst of that. Now, the, the question, where might God be leading or challenging you for this year? That's been the one that we've been asking everybody um, in the last couple of weeks. So same for you. Where do you think God might be leading you or maybe has got a challenge for you for this year? I think one of the challenges for me for the last, probably the last four years is um, walking through a season with my very ageing parents. Um, my father's mm. now passed away, but my mother is in a nursing home and she's very incapacitated. She can't talk, she can't walk, she's got dementia. Um, and that's been challenging for me and for my brothers. Mm. And I, I think, again, waiting on God's timing in that situation. And what I'm, what he's challenging me to do is to find the blessings in that situation, to find the connections with my brothers being strengthened mm. and to see how we can bless mum in that situation, even though, you know, her quality of life is not great. And it's really hard for us to see her in that, in that situation from the vibrant woman that she was. But... It's um yeah, God's teaching me to be to be patient. I think I'm learning a lot through that grace Thank and patience. You. Yep. I'm not sure in reflecting on the question um, whether I know where God is leading me this year. Um, I definitely feel, and I think I shared this with uh, my uh, fellow friends at Gazebo uh, late last year. I definitely feel I'm being challenged to uh, to reset. Um, in my personal, particularly my personal prayer life um, and to, I guess, do the things that maybe uh, you're more passionate about early in your Christian life mm. and as uh, your life moves along, you get, maybe take it a little bit for granted. You get into a bit of a groove and a bit of mm. a routine and there's nothing wrong with being in a routine. Uh, but I think uh, I'm being challenged to... Um, really embrace that excitement and the wonder of being in relation with the creator God yep. 
And it's easier when you're at church and you're singing, well, today we sang one of my favourite uh, worship songs, and it's easy to do it then, but when you are out into sometimes the grind of just going to work yep. and doing life and the busyness, I think sometimes when that's happening, you lose that wonder. Yep. And I think I'm being challenged to get back to uh, a more consistent prayer life, but in a spirit of that real overwhelming uh, sense that you're in a relationship with uh, such an awesome God. So David, Nicola, look, that, that is amazing. And I love that um, across all of the weeks, people have been looking at where God is and, and what the challenges may be ahead and where God's going. And, and just to be able to find the blessings in, in the tough aspects of life. But also looking for where uh, reclaiming that that wonder and joy in faith and and depth of spiritual life is is such a, a great thing. Church, let's just pray for David and Nicola. Oh, gracious God, we just we give you thanks for for David and Nicola and um, and their walk in faith. Lord, we just pray this year that you'll continue to guide and lead them, lead them in the in what may be sometimes some tough things, um, walking with family members as uh, through dementia. Uh, Lord, we just pray that you'll continue to uh, help Nicola find um, the blessings um, that you provide in life, even in those tough situations um, and connections, a deeper connection with family. Lord, we just pray your blessing upon um, her mother and just uh, that you continue to bring her home. Lord, we just pray for, for David and uh, spiritual growth and walk in faith and, and, and a, a depth and excitement to faith. Lord, we just pray for um, a, a depth in, in prayer life and, and worship and connection that is just seamless throughout um, David's life together. We just pray this in your holy name. Amen. Just you want to put your hands together for David Nicola. It is a little bit of a daunting thing to be at the front um, and being interviewed on the couch. Um, Let's just pray, church. Gracious, loving God, we just give you thanks for this moment to, to hear your word and to explore a little bit more into it. Lord, may your Holy Spirit be guiding us and leading us and opening us up to hear your word fresh and new for us again. We pray this in your holy name. Amen. Now, over the last three weeks, we've been having a look at uh, the call of disciples uh, through the gospel. So the last two weeks we've been diving into John's gospel and this week we're, we're having a look um, at Matthew. Um, now this, this is because we've got a bit of a, a focus that is happening this year around discipleship and I'll, I'll, be, I'll be pushing into what it means that we are disciples and we're going to be exploring that uh, through, through life groups and Bible studies and, and, um, and building a discipling culture groups as well uh, throughout this year. So that has been one of our kind of uh, focus um, areas for this year. But what I want us to do as we enter into this kind of message and thinking about what it means to be a disciple or a follower of Jesus, I want to ask this question. It was really interesting that Dan um, chose uh, the, the Western Sydney Wanderers as his club of choice that he had to uh, share with the kids' message because I want to ask you this question. How many people are a member of a club or an organisation here today? Don't be shy. You know, there's a, there's a few, you know, um, there's a few people. What I want you to do is I want you to think about that membership process for a moment. Now, uh, I, I had a look at a couple of um, 
local clubs, associations, sporting clubs, uh, service clubs, those kind of things, uh, just on the web and what their membership process was. Um, and interestingly, um, a lot of them actually have um, online processes. Fill out the form, um, accept the rules, pay your money and you're a member. You know, some, some are a little bit more exclusive and it's um, a membership on application as long as your application process meets their requirements and standards and you, you adhere to that and you've got enough money, um, you can join. So you can kind of have a look at a few of these things. But, you know, um, Annette and I are both members of the RSL club, you know. We've got to be in order to go down there to have a feed or enter the club. Um, and it was like, you know, turn up, go, yes, I'll agree by your rules. Yes, that's okay. Um, I'll pay the membership due, fill in the form, you're a member. Now, the reason why I wanted to kind of highlight that is that within our society, we actually are really, really okay with joining in on things. We're, 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 we really like to join in organisations or clubs that are doing things that um, help us in life that, or, or, or will give us something. You know, a sporting club gives us the outlet to do those, those sporting activities. Um, the, the service clubs give us an, an outlet to give, give service back to the community. And, and we're willing to go and share, come and join this club. So, so if you look across Australia, and, you know, we are in the Australian environment, if we look across that, people are willing to share and say, oh, I'm a part of a soccer club. Do you want to come and play in our soccer team and join the club? We are fine with that. We have no problem to asking people to join in our clubs and association. If you're part of Probus, part of Rotary, part of, you know, Lions Club, whatever, you know, you'll ask people to come and get involved. Not a problem. Yet when we come to the Christian church within Australian society, I'll talk about Australian society rather than world society, Australian society, we are a little bit more reserved about inviting people to get involved in the church. Happy to get them, you know, invite them to come and be a part of something like a sporting club or a service club. But, you know, oh, should I ask them to come to church? Should I ask them to even come and read the Bible with me? Should I ask them to come and, and, and come and know Jesus Christ? We're really kind of, um, we're very reserved about doing that. And, and when we think about that, our sporting clubs have grown because people are happy to go and share and invite people. But our Australian church has shrunk and we haven't been willing to share and invite people to be involved in it. So you can kind of put the two together and kind of see how some of that actually works together. Now, I'm, I'm not, not comparing discipleship to um, a club membership. Let me just kind of put that. I just want you to kind of give that little bit of an illustration to think about how in a society we're willing to invite people to be involved in one thing, yet not in another. So what I want us to do is actually today, I want us to kind of quickly focus around how Jesus invited people to come and follow him and be disciples and how this is so important for us. If we're thinking about um, the discipling process and what it means to be disciples of Jesus Christ, what it means for us to be disciples that make other disciples, then we need to kind of start to understand how Jesus actually did that himself. 
So we've, we've had the, our Bible reading from us, and, and I actually wanted us to read a little bit further um, on from, you know, before the actual calling of the disciples. And, and the reason why I want us to understand that is that the last two weeks, we've been focusing on how John focused on the call of the disciples. And it was where John the Baptist pointed out to, that that was Jesus, the Lamb of God. Um, and Andrew went and followed and found out about Jesus. And so we've got that kind of in that kind of time frame era. But now we find that within Matthew, and if we have a look at across this in Matthew and in Mark and in Luke, we have a similar um, call of the first disciples, but it's a little bit later on. Um, and you can see it actually happens after John the Baptist has been arrested um, so it's not at that same time, it's later on. And this becomes significant for us when we think about the process that Jesus used in calling the disciples. So I want to put that in the framework. Um, and it also is important for us to understand that it happens within the context of, of preaching. So let us jump back into, and I will put up on the screen for you, Matthew 17 to 22. This is the little section I want us to focus on today. And if you're, you're following along on the church app, it's got some questions and some pointers on that on our sermon notes. Um, if, you, if you want to jump, open up your Bible and have a look at that, let's, let's delve into it again. And it says, one day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the sea at Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew throwing a net into the water for they fished for a living. Now, these are the same people flipped in the, the, the orientation. Andrew is the one that was John the Baptist's um, disciple and following John the Baptist and went to Jesus. And he brought Simon to Jesus. And, and so we see Simon also called Peter, and his brother Andrew. Jesus called out to them, Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. A little further up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father Zebedee, repairing their nets, and he called them to come too. They immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. Now, as I said, you know, the, the, um, Matthew and Mark's gospel account are very, very similar. Luke uh, has the same um, account of Jesus calling the first disciples at the Sea of Galilee, but that's, that's um, linked with uh, the large haul of fish. Um, so Jesus then goes, goes out into the water and calls, you know, drop down your net and they fish and that's a miraculous catch. And that then links in Luke's gospel, fishing for people, and the miraculous catch together, linking those things. But I wanted us to focus on, on here in Matthew's gospel. Uh, and I want us to pull out a couple of key points around Jesus' strategy for discipleship and what we can learn from that. And so we're going to put the first of our, our points up on the screen. So we're going to follow through. There are going to be five quick points on here. I don't want us to focus too deeply on them. I just want us to hear what they are. The first is, is that Jesus actually intends for his disciples, us, to actually disciple like he's discipled. So in, in him calling disciples, we need to learn how Jesus actually called the disciples and how he discipled them. So what was the process that Jesus used in order to, to help those who are following understand God's immense plan for the world and the saving grace that is found in Jesus Christ and who Jesus actually is, the Messiah, and then what it means for him to be the Messiah 
and then actually what happens at Easter time in, in, in his death and resurrection and forgiveness of sins, um, all of that. So it's, it's actually helping the disciples understand all of that and, and recognize that for themselves. So there's this whole wonderful process of discipleship that's going on throughout all of the gospel. And Jesus actually intends for us, his followers, to imitate what he does. So we need to actually, in essence, we need to learn the words and the ways and the works of Jesus Christ. We need to learn what Jesus said and do what Jesus did and understand what he was on about in order for us to be a disciple that will make other disciples. So that's, that's the first kind of thing. We, Jesus actually intends us to follow in his pattern. The second thing is this, is, is the call to become a disciple actually comes as part of Jesus' preaching for the forgiveness of sins, so the repentant, to be repent, have your sins forgiven, and turn to God. So, so let, me, let me just read you again what happens just prior to Jesus calling the first disciples. So he, he Jesus is, you know, um, heard about John the Baptist being arrested. We, we have the section that he, he's uh, going to Galilee and then he comes to this. From then on, Jesus began to preach, repent of your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. So Jesus is saying, repent, turn away from your sins and turn to God. Discipleship happens not in the absence of that preaching, not in the absence of that message of, of repentance and turning to God. It happens in that basis. It happens with turning to God. It happens with repentance. So discipleship is part of that preaching and part of that understanding that larger picture. The third point I want us to, to understand is that Jesus actually calls people to follow him that he already knows. You know, in John's gospel, we, we see that he's already got some relationship with, with Andrew and Simon, and so he, he's actually calling them to come and follow, um, and they, they already know. Jesus already knows them, and he's calling them to follow. He already knows that they are keen and interested in the spiritual things of life. And so he's actually invited them to come and journey with him. So he literally says, come and I come and follow me and I'll teach you to fish for people. And, and that's, that's so important that that whole process of discipleship happens in relationship. We need to kind of understand that for ourselves, that discipleship is not devoid of relationship. It happens within relationship. The call to come and repent and turn away from your sins can be an isolated thing that doesn't happen to happen, have to be in relationship. It works better in relationship, but it doesn't have to be. You know, that, that whole evangelism kind of mode can happen out there. But the process of discipling somebody always will happen in, in the framework of a relationship that you have with a person. It will be ongoing and continuous. And so Jesus is inviting these people who already knows into this relationship to come and be with him and learn from him and understand from him and journey with him and be changed through all that. 
So, which moves on to that fourth point, which is the, the invitation is to journey and to learn from Jesus. And this is, this is actually a key element of what it means to be a disciple, is to be, to be always learning or, or always journeying. You know, it, it's not a discipleship of being a disciple of Jesus is not a static thing. Is a process of journeying and, and understanding where God is leading in your life, what God is doing, um, and, and being changed by that. Letting the Holy Spirit work within our life, letting God work within our life of being changed and, and, and being renewed. And actually understanding what God's purpose, and, and one of the reasons why at couch time I've been asking where's God been and what do you think God is doing, is, is, is there's... Being a disciple is an expectation that God is going to be in our life and in the midst of our life and journeying with us. If we look back, we'll see where God has been. And if we look forward, we'll see where God might be challenging us. And then that expectation of God being there and being with us and, and helping us in what's happening ahead of time. And that's what it means to, to actually be a disciple of Jesus, to have that expectation in our lives. And fifthly and finally, um, and, and this is this is the interesting thing for us. And if you look at both of, you know, um, of si Simon and Andrew, and, and and we look at the the Zebedee brothers, um, the call happens in the everyday, in, in the everyday routine things. So often we think that we've got to wait in order to invite somebody to come into a relationship with Jesus for those special moments. Jesus is walking along the, the, the Sea of Galilee and actually literally walking along and see, sees Simon and, and, and Andrew and goes, hang on, guys, put in what you're doing. I want you to come and learn from me. I want you to come and be my disciple. Come and follow me and, and I'll teach you how to fish for people, not just fish for their, I'll teach you. So that call is in that every day when the moment there, when God's presence is there in our life. So if we think about discipleship in our life, we need to learn to be willing to call people to come and follow Jesus in the everyday. Not necessarily just the special moment. That's not saying that people won't turn to God in special moments and that we shouldn't have those. It's just that we don't have to wait for them. God is present in all those things. We know that God is working in people's lives. So over those last three weeks, uh, we've been looking at how Jesus has been calling the disciples. Um, and, and this is actually the start of understanding our process of what it means to be a follower of Jesus, the disciple of, of, of Jesus Christ, and to actually push into that for us. Um, so over this year, we're going to be looking and delving into the, the, the gospel accounts again and a bit further and just looking how discipleship happens and what are some of those key things. And, and we're going to pull some of that out for us to kind of understand. Um, and, and I would love for the church to, to really be delving into that for themselves within their your own Bible studies, um, with your own prayer time, and just seeking where God may be leading you in, in this year ahead. Um, Discipleship starts with it with an intimate um, call for us to come and follow Jesus. So I want to ask you today, as we come into a time of prayer, that, um, that Jesus is asking you to come and follow him, to become a disciple of him today. So if you're, you're kind of sitting on the edge right now, God, God is there. God is nudging. You might be feeling something in the back of your heart, back of your mind, that, that God is doing something. And maybe I, I just want to kind of explore a little bit more. That's God nudging you to, to go, 
explore what it means to come and follow. Let's just pray, church. Gracious, loving God, we learn from you. We learn what it means to, to be somebody that, that listens to your word, that is willing to follow you in our life, willing for you to change what we do. Oh Lord God, we just ask today that if you are pushing into somebody's life at this moment, encouraging them to take that step, maybe it's a step of a repent of our sins, of realising that we've, we've done wrong against God's statutes. We've drawn away from having God at the centre of our lives, of what it means to, to, to have Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour. Repenting of our sins means turning back towards God. So Lord, today let us turn towards you. Let's turn towards you with our hearts that are open, with our minds that are receptive for your call on our lives to follow you. And Lord, if that call is to, to actually leave what we're doing and do something new in order to go and bring the message of Christ to all of the world, may you speak that into our lives now. But if that message is to stay where we are, but to change what we're doing, the pattern of behavior that we have so that we can share into the world that is around us, help us to be bold and courageous in that. Oh Lord, I just pray this in your holy name. Amen.